It is a wonderful thing to walk with God. And when you think the troubles that come to you have, have reached a peak, they may not have. It may get worse. You know, the guy said, cheer up, it could be worse. And so he, he said, so I cheered up, and sure enough, it got worse. And that's, um, that's not an unknown experience among us as humans because life just comes in lumps. Have you noticed? And I get this kind of good stuff going, and I'm thinking, what can I do to maintain this? And nothing comes to mind because it's not because I'm good that life is good for the moment. It's just good for the moment. And then when this stuff is kind of going uh, south, I'm saying, what can I do to make it turn around? And there are some things about that. I can change my attitude. I can get in faith. There's a lot of stuff I can do, but I can't change the circumstances. Have you noticed? So it's okay. And that's okay. Um, we're just going to um, stay in faith and um, stay focused on what God has called us to do, saved us to do. Uh, I prayed earlier, come, Lord Jesus. Um, I think possibly we can affect the, the duration of the time between now and when he comes. We get our work done ahead of time. Maybe he can come ahead of time. I don't know that, but you can't disprove that either. Jesus won't even tell you because he doesn't know when he's coming. Just the Father. And I have wondered if uh, since we are partners with God, God made the earth and, and uh, made humankind and, and then gave the earth and the management of it to humankind, and though we have mismanaged it royally from the start, uh, he, then when he, when he starts redemption, we become a part of the deal too. Did you ever, did you ever look at that and say, nah, he, he would not choose me to help. I, I always just tear down. Why, you know, why, why, why would he choose me? Uh, I wondered that about you too. No, I wondered that about me too. And uh, I don't have a good answer. I just know what the scripture says. And there is a line in the Corinthian letter, and it's talking about uh, being workers with God, and it uses the term fellow workers with God. That's usually the way it's translated from the Greek. And so what we want to do is that we are fellow workers with God as the boss, but that's not the structure nor the meaning of the words in the original language. We are fellow workers, partners, side by side, with God is what that says there. And you don't believe that anymore than I do. No, I, I believe it. It's just like, oh my goodness. I, I, I don't want to question his plan. I don't want to argue with him. I always lose those. But that's what he has done, folks. That is the way it is. And so we now get to fill up in our bodies what is lacking of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. You ever choke on that scripture? I thought Jesus did it all. What is this lacking of his sufferings? Well, he did the entire redemption plan, the foundation so that everyone could be saved. And then he left and gave us the business of spreading the message. And so we then can fill up 
in our bodies what is lacking, which is the spread of what he has done. Boy, that is so exciting. Now, if you are really, really tired and don't want any more responsibility, that doesn't sound good. But if you're rested and and your heart's kind of burning with the, the presence and the joy of the Lord, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, let's do it, God. And I'm somewhere in between there right now, I think. And it doesn't matter how we feel because God's plan does not change. And the next time you just face him face to face, you'll just say, sign me up. Because that's, that's what his spirit in us cries. You know, it's just, let's just do it, Lord. And I want to talk to you tonight from, from the uh, idea of stewardship. Only this doesn't have anything to do with money whatsoever. But imagine with me. Uh, your office in this life and has a sign on the door, Joe Christian. Under that, manager. Under that, God's resources, God's stuff, God's property, whatever you'd like. So that if we can keep that always, it helps us to keep our feet on the ground about who we belong, to whom we belong, and why we are here, why God has saved us. We're supposed to be managing his stuff. He intended, you say, I'm a terrible manager. Argue with him about that. You didn't choose him. You didn't sign up for this. He came and got you. Jesus said it so clearly. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I can, I can just hear him under his breath saying, get over it. Now, that's, may not, you may not appreciate that for me projecting stuff into the Lord, but I can hear him say that in my mind. Uh, that, that's a true statement. So I want to talk to, to you tonight about what part do our motives play in what we do in God's kingdom? Let's talk about why we do what we do. Now, I learned last millennium in Bible school that if you want to get people in a position where you can just jerk the tar out of them. Now, I went to school in Texas, so it's okay to say jerk the tar out of them. You can just manipulate and they can't get away from you, start talking about motives because none of us have 100% pure motives. I, if you think that you're just full of evil, I do not believe that your motives are 100% evil. And I have watched me for years, hopefully, and so far haven't found 100% good. And just try and try to die and try to consecrate myself and try to do all this stuff. And I still find this little thought in here, yes, but if this happens, then I'll look good. And if you're interested in looking good, and most of us are, why, you know, that'll come to you. I, I had been called by one of our um, deacons to, to deal with a situation. This is a number of years ago. Uh, a guy was really, really... Uh, depressed and I I had trouble understanding this man and so he was going to be there to help me to to kind of uh, make sure we understood each other and as I was driving over there I was just praying for this guy and praying for me and and for for my deacon and uh, 
the thought came to me, boy, if this works, I'm going to look good. And I thought, (laughs) I just laughed. I said, pure motives, sure. Would you please help us anyway? Okay. That's what I've learned to do. It's just like, I'm not impressed with me. I'm not impressed with my, uh, this wonderful consistency of mixed motives. Uh, because if, if I'm consistent in anything, I think it would be that. Uh, but am I going to stop trying to do something for the Lord because I'm dumb? No, just go ahead and try to do it and deal with this and let the Lord deal with this. Because if I could purify my motives, I would have done it at Southwestern when I was in school and was watching how you can how they can get our attention, boys, start talking about motives because we're vulnerable there. But I want to talk to you about motives tonight. And uh, so let's just ask, let's do it like this. Jesus speaking about the Pharisees said uh, in that great passage with the seven woe to you, the seven woes from Matthew 23, everything they, the Pharisees do is done for mendicity. Now, they were pretty pure. They were pretty close to pure uh, evil. It was about appearances. They dressed that way. Uh, they prayed in public because that was the stylish thing to do if you were really holy. And when they, when they were going to give something to the poor at the side of the road... They, some of them even had people that would go ahead and spread the word and say, watch so-and-so, he's coming and he's going to give some money. They did that. They had, as it almost like it were, criers ahead of them to announce, uh, and the technical word there is alms. Uh, we don't use it much, but it means gifts to the poor. And they, they, were, they were pretty, pretty much evil selfishness is evil, by the way. If you're centered in yourself, that is dirty, rotten to the core. Now, that ought to encourage your heart because if you're like I am, you can see selfishness every day of the world. And I want, I just, I want to say this to us. This is part of what I want to say, and I'm going to say it several times. Do not be impressed with the rottenness. If your heart is toward the Lord a good part of the time, or when you're down serious with God, your heart is toward the Lord. He takes that seriously. And that's a very important thing because I learned this years ago when I was worried about my motivation, worried about my heart purity, worried about hypocrisy, and the world would accuse us And this is probably 40 years ago. The world would accuse us Christians of being hypocrites because sometimes we did some bad stuff. And then we would go to church and try to worship God and try to join in with people that were trying to be holy. And the Lord showed me that indeed hypocrisy is an issue, but it works like this. If you have had that moment when the Holy Spirit has really pulled you in and and focused you on giving your heart to God, giving your life to God, serving God, and 
if, if it's being called for in the setting, we would, we would die for the Lord if, if that were necessary. You've prayed those prayers. And the Lord said, I took you very seriously when you prayed that and you belong to me. If you ever sin, that's hypocrisy because you don't belong to the world and you don't belong to yourself and you don't have the right to be selfish. You belong to me. And anytime you do anything else, you are a hypocrite, but it's a hypocrite from the Christian thing, not you're basically awful and evil, and, but you're going and faking this stuff over here like the world would say and like our flesh would say. So did you get that point? And that was a help to me. I don't know that it made me live any better, but it made me accept who I am and, and how I work on the inside of me a little better because I want to be pure. You want to be pure. When, when the enemy comes and pushes us sideways, when circumstances would take away our faith, when whatever would do whatever, we want to respond by saying, God is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my source. I, I'm from him. I'm going to him. And that's what we want. And ultimately, we get there. Sometimes we're a little slow. Uh, one of my goals is to, just to make that travel time shorter from the, from the heat of the battle of the moment till when I'm resting in the Lord. I want to walk in a life of rest. Sometimes I do. And the rest of the time, I'm wishing I did. So here is the deal. They, they were pretty much, the, the Pharisees were pretty much evil. And my favorite passage about the heart of man is from when God is, is calling David to be king, sends Samuel to uh, Jesse's house. Jesse's got this whole row of handsome sons. These guys were like a family of professional athletes as far as kind of their physique. They were something. And this firstborn comes up and old Samuel just was like thump, thump, thump for what God is doing for his people. This is wonderful, God. And the Lord says, and he did that over and over and over until they ran out of sons, it looked like. And finally, they got David in. Is, is this it? Samuel says, is this? well, there is the baby. Well, let's get him in here. And ended up anointing him. But when that first guy was, the Lord said, he's not the one. You could just see Samuel's thoughts just going. <laughs> and the Lord could see that. And he said, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love that. First of all, just don't forget that we have to look at you. We look at the outward appearance, so do the best you can, okay? Don't see how sloppy, grungy you can look. Uh, look in style, but look in style put together somehow. And I, with the styles as they change, I know that may be a stress, but that, that's, where did that come from? But the deal is that God's watching your heart. We're watching the outside. And I guess we should just 
say to each other, well, I don't want to be a smart aleck about this, but you just need to deal with the way I look. <laughs> I know you're looking at the outside of me, so deal with it, okay? If it's not, if it's not up to par, um, don't help, okay? <laughs> no, that's okay. But God is looking at the heart, and that's the eternal deal. And, and the friends will come and go, and those that are very, very close to us will, will ebb and flow in various ways. But God is eternal, and our relationship with him must be eternal. So make sure the heart. Spend the time working on the heart. You know, spend the minimum time that you can and still look like something working on the outside. Okay? We have to look at you. Whatever you do, we appreciate. Thank you. You're a good-looking bunch. But uh, forget us and look at the heart. And you say, I do, and it just scares me to death. Well, we'll, we'll deal with that some more. Luke um, tells the story of Jesus being set up. The Pharisees couldn't find much wrong with this guy's life. Jesus was just straight, you know. Well, not really, because he didn't honor the Sabbath the way they wanted him to. And they assumed that healing was work, and you couldn't work on the Sabbath. And so they set him up to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. So had this guy on the front row with withered hand. They had Jesus bringing the message that day. And, uh, you know, if their hearts had been right... They would have said, oh, God is going to look so good today. This guy that we have felt so badly for and we've had to help because he needed help because he only has one hand. He's going to be healed today. His life will never be the same. God is going to be praised and glorified. Instead, you see what a heart could have been doing there? Instead, it was like, we're going to get him today. He's going to heal him. And we're going to nail him because he's working on the Sabbath. He doesn't honor the Sabbath. He can't be from God. I mean, just because he's meeting human need and he's <laughs> doing these incredible things of forgiveness and healing and help. And people who don't know God, don't love God, don't walk with God are changed and they're just walking with God. And sick bodies are healed and demonized people are delivered. You know, it's like... Their hearts were in trouble, by the way. That's how that happened. Really, really in trouble. So they were, they were rubbing their hands together in negative glee. And uh, Jesus set them up. He says, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? And of course, they, you can't answer that. That's a, that's a trick question. I mean, to those guys it was. It was a trick question to these blockheads. And that's being really kind. But Eunice suggests that I not use words that are more apt to describe them. And I've, I've tried to... I, I, I like going to that house. It's really nice there. And so I want to keep being able to go there. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said... To the man with the shriveled hand. Now, this is after he said this trick question. Is it, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? He said, 
knew what they were thinking. He knew what was in their heart. The Holy Spirit. Jesus did not read everyone's minds because he was a man. But the Holy Spirit and he were pretty tight. And the Holy Spirit showed him their whole deal. And I know it just broke his heart because it's like you'd like for people to recognize the glory of God and the kingdom of God that's just breaking out on you. And instead, they were saying, <laughs> we're going to get him with this one. And he says, you're not going to get me with this one. Is it lawful to do good or evil? Knowing what was in their hearts. And then he said to this guy with the bad hand that it just didn't work. He said, stand on your feet. So he got him stood there and Jesus healed his hand. And it was totally whole. It was wonderful. What a day for this man. Now in the kingdom of God, a healed hand is kind of a small deal. But that's not a small deal in the guy with a shriveled hand, okay? <laughs> not a small deal. And this is so exciting. But in the face of that, we see this God knowing what was in their hearts. And by the way, you think that sometimes it's just remarkable that because of what's in your heart that God hasn't just killed you? You've had that thought. I hope. I hope I'm not the only one that has had to put up with that through the years. So, listen, you are bad. I, I trust you. You say you're bad, I believe you. However, you look at these Pharisees, and we are just kind of intermediate evil folks. They were the seniors. They were the real deal evil folks because of selfishness, because of a lot of this was about... Uh, sandbagging their position. Uh, they said they wanted deliverance from the Romans, but they didn't because they had, they had worked the Roman occupation to their advantage and they would have suffered some if the Romans had gone away. And uh, boy, the motivation was bad inside them. So cut yourself some slack, okay? I know you're bad. I trust you, but you're not that bad. And then Jesus in Revelation, the second chapter, to the church at Thyatira, it's verse 23, and he says that he is the one who searches hearts and minds, and he says, and will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now, did you notice how this all shakes out? He searches hearts and minds and rewards deeds. Did you pick that up? Can you, see the, can you see the division there? We, if we are being self-centered, judge ourselves by our motives and other people by what they do and say. Have you ever noticed that? I told you you were evil. So, you know, it, no matter what we do or say, we meant to do good. Okay. Now, then we come to the Lord and we, we try to get that stuff turned around so that we... We, we, you know, we wanted to get it together. We want, to, we want to want to do well, and we want to do well. We want to do good things, and we want to be motivated to do good things. But Jesus judges the hearts and minds and then rewards deeds. And that is so telling. This is, to me, this is so encouraging. Because you fight and struggle when you know you're supposed to do something right and fight and struggle 
and, and you're ashamed of your motives, but you're still fighting and struggling. But you go ahead and do the right thing. Guess what Jesus is watching? Now, he knows your hearts. But he's, he's going to deal with what you do. Now, if we can get that, it will, it will take some of this pressure to have this wonderful, pure, godly response to every circumstance. I've, I've been serious about walking with God for a long time. And so far, I haven't gotten that wonderful, godly, whatever response in every circumstance. Sometimes I want to hurt people. Physically, sometimes I want to malign their character. Whatever, whatever. And in almost every case, I don't do those dumb things. It's like, glory to God, did you see that? I didn't act like a jerk. I felt like a jerk. I was thinking jerky thoughts, but I didn't do it. And that's what Jesus says is the big deal to the church at Thyatira. I know your hearts, but I judge your deeds. Would you please be encouraged tonight that God has his hand on you? And if you do something dumb, he forgives sin. Okay, let's just call it sin because that's what he forgives. If you haven't sinned, well, I don't ask him for forgiveness because it's sin that he forgives. I love to, when I do something really, really bad, dumb. Let, oh, let's use the euphemism, do something dumb. If I call it sin, it's like, oh, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses. Hallelujah. Have hope there. So when you sin... You actually sin, and we're not talking about your thoughts. And you can, you can sin in your mind, and we know that. Jesus taught that, and that's a whole other subject. But mostly what we deal with is temptation. I want to do stupid. But you're watching, and it's not safe for me to do stupid. You say, that's really weak motivation. Hey, Jesus is he's rewarding deeds. Hello. Get it. Get it. You say, but that's not very pure. You notice that. You know why it's not very pure? It's because you're involved. So take the encouragement saying, okay, Lord, <laughs> we'll work on my reactions later. Let's work on what I do today. Because he rewards those who just try ultimately to do the right thing. I, I had a... I had a guy come to me, actually one of our teenagers, some time ago, and, and uh, he had a run-in, and, and I think he wanted me to go fix his problem, and I said, uh, here's what you do, and so I, I told him to go confront this person. Well, later, and I don't know whether he ever did this or not, I doubt it, but, but later I asked him if he had done this. He said, no, and here is a, smarter than he looks, okay? I'm waiting till my head cools off a little bit. And I thought, that's a, I didn't know you were that smart. I'm impressed. So we, we need sometimes some time because we must do the right thing. May we pray. Father, you watch our hearts and we want to be managers of your stuff. And, and the enemy can take our thoughts and our emotions and just beat us.